Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friend. Welcome to episode 23 of the Rebel Babe Cave. 23. That means we have one more episode, and that is our six-month anniversary. We are still a baby podcast, you guys, but with all of your support, I'm so grateful for all of you. And I'm so pumped that you listen every week and we're just going to keep on going. So I'm really, really excited for this episode. But before I get into it, I want to talk a little bit about women in the fitness world. And when you get started, your body starts to change, right? When you start lifting weights, your butt might get bigger and your waist gets smaller and, and you suddenly have lats and shoulders and traps and when you go to find clothes, like regular clothes, not leggings, not gym clothes, but when you go to find regular clothes for an event or a wedding, or maybe you just feel like wearing non-gym clothes for a change, it is so hard to find clothes that fit your body. I know I was there. And that is why I started Rebellia. Rebellia is actually an online boutique that is dedicated to chicks with curves and muscles. So if you have an athletic build or you've been working out and have found that your jeans don't fit, or you have a hard time finding dresses or tops, come see us rebelliaclothing.com. Check out our Instagram at rebelliaclothing. And you're going to find clothes that not only are going to fit you, but are beautiful and stylish and special. And you will be so happy you found us. Trust me. I know. (laughs) I'm not saying that because I'm the owner. I'm saying that because every day I get messages from women telling me how happy they are that they found us. And you don't have to dress up every day, but just know that if you need to, we are here for you. And that's rebelliaclothing.com. You spell rebellia, R-E-B-E-L-L-I-A. Now let's talk about my guest today on the podcast. I am fangirling my face off, you guys. Miranda Alcarez, who is formerly Miranda Oldroyd. She is a longtime girl crush of mine. From when I started CrossFit, I remember catching one of her YouTube videos. It was actually a YouTube video that CrossFit did and produced on her. And I just thought she was such a badass, so cool, incredible. And she was a really great introduction into the sport for me, just, just as an outsider, someone who loved to watch it. And I really appreciated her. And over the years, it has been incredible to see what she has built. She is one of the owners of street parking, which is a awesome workout program. It's basically like CrossFit at home for you. I do it myself. I love it. I'm never bored. I'm always dying (laughs) on my gym floor. 
And even my husband has done some workouts with me and he likes it too. So I just am so pumped that she's here. We had such a great conversation and I can't wait for you guys to hear it too. Miranda Alcaraz is the co-founder and CEO of Street Parking, an online fitness program and community for those who don't have time, access to, desire to attend, or can't afford a typical gym. Miranda started her career in fitness 20 years ago at the age of 17. She has done everything from instructing group fitness classes like cardio kickboxing and spinning, to training soldiers with the CrossFit seminar staff in Iraq and Afghanistan, and even competed three times at the CrossFit Games. She learned the value of hashtag more than nothing in 2012 when she was in a car accident that left her with a fused spine and in a neck brace for months. Now, a mom of almost two and a busy business owner, she is taking all that she has learned and delivering it to real people. Miranda, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Hi. (laughs) I am like so freaking stoked to be talking to you and have you here. I know my audience is going to be so pumped about this episode. So (laughs) I'm super excited too. And I know actually I was looking through our emails earlier today and I was like, man, we have been talking about doing this since like early December or like November or something like that. So here we are finally. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, the holiday, I mean, I I just, there's so much crazy stuff going on. It's like the holidays and I don't even know how we're even in March right now. I know. Crazy. So normally we have like a little initiation thing. We like to get started with something we call GGB, which is goals, gratitude, and badassery. So you tell us something, it can be multiple things, be one thing, any goals you have right now, what you're grateful for. And then badassery is something that you're like, you've done recently that you're really proud of, or, you know, something that you've done that's badass. Oh, wow. Okay. So goals. Well, I am 51 days out from my due date with my second child. (laughs) So my number, and I was just telling you that I'm renovating my entire downstairs and just running our business and everything. So my goal is to survive the next 51 days, or as moms know, it could be much shorter than that, or it could be hopefully not too much longer than that. But yeah, that's like my main just thing that's keeping me alive right now is just that counting a little bit and getting through it and just one step at a time and realizing that it's supposed to be exciting and fun and not stressful and remembering that. So it's hard to see much further out than that at this point for me. So (laughs) the next 50 days are a huge focus for me. What was the second one? Gratitude. Gratitude. I'm grateful for where I'm at in my life right now. I'm 31 years old. I'll be 38 in August. I've worked really, really hard. I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years. I've worked really, really hard to get where I'm at. And finally, like we have a successful business. I'm in like a super happy relationship and marriage and we're having our second baby and he's completely healthy and everything's been going great. So, I mean, just grateful for the place that I'm at in life, to be honest. I love that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then badassery. Yeah. I mean, before I ever had my first child, I would have told you about like my accomplishments in fitness or like competing at the CrossFit games or one of the stories that people know most about me that your listeners may have never heard is in 2012, I like broke my neck and recovered from it. But as I'm 50 days out from being in labor again, I would say the most difficult 
thing that I've ever done is deliver my first child. And so badassery is the fact that I've chosen to do it again and did it on purpose. Um, <laughs> badass for any mom who goes through that because it's hard. It's hard work. I love that. <laughs> having, having the second one on purpose. <laughs> Actually, that is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because people, you're one of the things that you're, you know, bad, said that it was badass that you would have said in, in the past. There's so many people that say that fitness saved them and fitness has saved their life, but like CrossFit genuinely saved your <laughs> life. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because when I talk to people who don't know who you are, I'm like, oh my God, no, you have to like watch this video <laughs> right now. Cause that was my first experience of you was, I think, I don't know if CrossFit did it or if it was yeah, they did. yeah, like that YouTube video. And it was like, I was so mind blown. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I didn't grow up like playing sports or anything like that. I was in dance and I was a high school cheerleader and I found fitness through a friend of mine who had like her family had like a family membership at like a tennis club type thing. It wasn't like a cool gym or anything, but we would go there and it was a place for us to go that their parents were super stoked with us going there as opposed to like hanging out at the mall or something, you know? And after I graduated from high school, I actually went to school for interior design but I loved fitness. Like I had grown a love for just working out, not like playing sports or anything, just working out to work out. And so I got a job as a group fitness instructor and that's kind of like where I started. And then I fell in love with CrossFit five years after that, probably. So I had been working in fitness, like personal training and things like that. And with CrossFit for the very first time, I fell in love with competing like as an athlete and I was hooked into it. And it's, it wasn't at all back then in like 2008, 2009, the way that it is now, like there was no TV coverage of like anything. There was no Instagram. No one was like a famous crossfitter or anything like that. But it was just <laughs> pushing myself physically for more than just working out to work out. And so I really went hard down that path from 2008 until 2016. In 2012, I was working for CrossFit. I worked for CrossFit for eight years on their seminar staff, traveling and doing the seminars for people who wanted to be coaches. And I was at a seminar and I left at lunch to go get coffee for the other staff. And when I was turning back into the gym, I was T-boned by a, a car going like 40 miles an hour. And I was in like a crappy like rental Chevy Cruze or something like that. And it was like a heavy Mercedes that hit me. And I was taken off in the ambulance, had like really bad neck pain and I was completely out of it. But they didn't, for whatever reason, even though I told them that I had neck pain and they, I was brought in on like a spine board, they didn't x-ray my neck. They diagnosed me with a broken hand. So I had broken one of the bones in my hand, but they didn't, they just said, oh, it's, it's whiplash. Here you go. Like, see you later. At this point, I was in very good shape. I was very strong. I had a lot of muscle. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess this is just what whiplash feels like. Like, I don't know. I've never had whiplash right. before. <laughs> and I left with my little soft collar and my muscle relaxers. And for the next two weeks, I thought that everything that I felt was whiplash. And it was excruciating. And I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't even brush my teeth or like bend over the sink to wash my face and stuff. One of those two weeks was the week of the CrossFit Games and I wasn't competing, but I was working for CrossFit, running around, like interviewing athletes and things, trying to like not act like I was in so much pain when I was on camera. And when I got back, my hand doctor needed to replace the cast on my hand because the swelling had gone down at that point. 
and he was like, did your neck really still hurt that bad? And I was like, yeah, like I have the whiplash. Like, and he's like, no, no, like normal whiplash. Like you should get an x-ray. Did they x-ray you in the ER? And I said, no. Anyway, he x-rayed me and it looked funny. So he's like, you should go get an MRI. Like I can't tell anything from the x-ray, but it doesn't look all right. So you should go get an MRI. I think like later that day or the next day I got an MRI. And as I was driving to the gym, of course, to try to figure out how I was going to work out with this pain, the MRI technician called and he was like, you need to go to the emergency room like right now. Your neck is broken. It's like an unstable C2 fracture. It's called the hangman's fracture because it's the same type of break that people will have if they hang themselves. I guess. And it just hadn't moved. And so basically I went into the ER and they were like, yeah, like this is a really gnarly break. And the only reason that it hasn't moved and like severed your spinal cord is because your muscle has been holding it in place like a neck brace this whole time for, it was a total of 17 days that I had it. So they, yeah, they used my C2 and C3 together and For me, I had been a trainer for a long time and I'd been competing and a lot of my fitness goals at that point were were very selfish. They were about trying to compete at the games and things like that. And, but it was the first time that I realized like the people who actually need fitness the most are the people who are doing it the least. Like that's who we need to target. Like that's who needs this because they made it very clear. If you didn't have this much muscle in your neck, you would have been paralyzed, if not killed in the actual accident, let alone like this next 17 days afterwards. Walking around just with a broken neck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that was a real like shift in perspective for me. And that was almost eight years ago. So I was like 28 or 29 when I had that like shift of like, oh, this is bigger than trying to stand on the podium in the CrossFit games. And I need to like use my voice for this because at that point I had gotten like a good Instagram following from what I was doing and things like that. But yeah. And, and so it's really like shifted my path a little bit to more of where I am now. It's insane. I mean, that was, that was, <laughs> I think I was a newbie getting into CrossFit. I think my, my husband k- dragged me into it, kicking and screaming. <laughs> he was like guzzling the Kool-Aid and I was just like, yeah. uh, it will it make me skinny. Cause that's what I cared about. at the time. And so we were in that process of just consuming anything and everything there was out there. And I'm like along for the ride. And that's when we stumbled across that video. And I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. I know. I'm such a person where like, I hate it when people exaggerate, exaggerate. Like I hate it. And so I almost don't even like telling the story sometimes because I'm like, people are going to think that I'm like really embellishing this because it sounds over the top for sure. But yeah, it's one of those big, big, crazy, holy (laughs) shit. Like let's take, you know, here's your life moments. Yeah. Wild. It's, it was definitely like, it'll go down as one of the defining moments for sure for me. So I will never get tired of hearing that story. I think, I think like everyone needs to hear that story because it really, like it really did save you, you know, and having, having muscle mass is amazing. It's not, you know, it's not just for oh, it's cool to be strong or I look great, but like it actually saved your life. Yeah. It's bananas. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you are on your second baby by choice. <laughs> yes. The first one was a surprise and this one was on purpose. I love so, it. Yeah. I love it. How has your perspective changed on fitness since, you know, becoming a mom? 
Oh my gosh. I've posted about this a few times and I like to be honest about it just because I think it's common, but most people won't admit it. I used to be like the anti-mom kind of person. Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, that's just the moms. Like I was that, I was that person. Like, oh, I'm like over here doing like my career and my fitness. And like, I'm not like a mom, like for a long time until I was pregnant basically with my first child, I didn't even know if I wanted to have kids. Like I definitely went back and forth on it. Yeah. And then when I got pregnant, it was a surprise. So it took me most of my first pregnancy to like really shift anything. Like I was really trying to hold on to who I thought I was. And I was this person who was always like had a job and then some side thing and was like super fit. I was known for my physique at that point because I'd been competing for so long. And like we had just started our business that we own now called Street Parking when I got pregnant. And literally we started street parking seven days before I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) And I was convinced because of my own perception in the fitness industry, I was convinced that no one was going to sign up for our program because they wanted the Miranda like abs program, not advice from a pregnant lady. Right. It couldn't have been further from the truth. Like it was the exact opposite that happened. And it taught me again, like it was like the reminder of what I learned from my neck, but in a different way that fitness is not about looking a certain way. It's about, for me, when I was pregnant, it was a mental and like psychological well-being is what it provided me. Like it was an outlet for stress and it was the one thing that made me feel like myself and it made me feel strong and confident in my body. And like, I was so in tune with my body at that point because I had done so many different, you know, physical challenges with it. And then since he's been born, it's completely given me everything that I need to know about real people. Because when I was training for the games, it's not, I always say like my social media back then was entertaining. It wasn't helpful. Me doing slow-mo muscle-ups is entertaining. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm not giving anything to anyone that's going to help them. Like the mom with three kids who's just frazzled and busy, like she can't go do that necessarily without giving up a whole bunch of time, you know, or you went, you were like a fitspo essentially. I mean, yes. Yeah. And I think that's like (laughs) the problem in the fitness industry is that people look to people who have a completely different lifestyle than them and so much more free time and access to so many more things. And then people just end up frustrated that they can't achieve that, you know? So having the business and this new baby, I was like, people, I mean, I still wanted to be fit and I know that I couldn't have been the only mom out there that was busy that still wanted to be as fit as possible. So it really helped us to form street parking to what it is now and my message to what it is now. And it, to me that it's no different, it's just in a different package, but like you don't change when you, you do change, but like you're still the same person when you have a baby and the, if you loved fitness before, if you wanted to be doing fun workouts before that doesn't go away. And I think sometimes I used to think it just kind of went away and you became like the mom. And you're like the mom (laughs) with the van and the (laughs) calling the manager. (laughs) Yeah. So street parking, for those of you who don't know what street parking is, it's basically like a CrossFit style workout program, community and whatnot. I do it myself. Oh, (laughs) right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I did say that. Yeah, I actually, it's funny when, when I got dragged into this CrossFit gym, I was there for about a year and I wouldn't really do group classes after a while. I just started doing my own thing. 
at the time where no one was there because I didn't want to suck without, you know, with other people like watching me. That was not my thing. And then they shut down. And so I was like, where am I going to go? Like I genuinely cried because it was like the only gym I'd ever been able to like bring myself to go to. And then my husband and I moved into a house and we just gutted our two car garage and put down stall mats. And we've got like, oh my God, we have everything. We have like squat rack, THD and a ski erg and a roller and an air nine and a freaking treadmill that gets folded. I mean, we have everything. We have four barbells and no friends. Tell me why. (laughs) Tell me why. So street parking, when I got introduced to that, I was like, this is awesome because it spans so many different, you know, like levels essentially and and equipment and scale. Everything is scalable. So literally every person can do it. And I thought that was amazing. So like, what was that? Was that your inspiration for when you started street parking? You wanted, or has it evolved since? Yeah. So it evolved big time. So I think I mentioned that we started street parking before I found out I was pregnant. Right. In my mind, it had nothing to do with parents at all. It had everything to do with people who were busy. Specifically for me, it was people who travel because I traveled so much. For eight years, I worked for CrossFit and I traveled almost every weekend and I was in random hotels and trying to stay as fit as possible, trying to compete. Like during most of that time, I was trying to compete and like figure out how to work out in these like weird situations. And then for my husband, Julian, who was my boyfriend at the time, he was just busy and he lived in Los Angeles, which meant like, even if the gym's only five miles away, you're looking at like a 45 minute uh, drive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so he had a garage gym. I didn't even have a garage gym at the time. I lived in an apartment, which is another group of like, hey, like apartment gyms, right? Yeah. So we were more along the lines of people who were busy or lived in like a lot of traffic areas or who traveled a lot. And because what we noticed is if I was in a hotel and I posted some simple workout, I saw the difference between entertainment and actually helping because people would start tagging each other and be like, oh my gosh, we can do this workout. Like all we need is dumbbells. And same thing happened to him. He was like working out with his roommate who was his cousin who was not fit at all and showing how he was like scaling the workout for him because he was training like for the regionals and his cousin was like doing push-ups from his knees, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of saw this like, oh, there's a difference between being helpful and being entertaining. And I think there's a lot of people who travel a lot and there's a lot of people who are busy or can't afford a CrossFit gym or like you, CrossFit gym closed, or maybe they live in the middle of nowhere in like Texas and the gym's like so far away. So that's who originally it was for. And that's kind of where the idea came. And at first it was just an Instagram page where we shared workouts. And then it was like, hey, let's create a way for people to log and like connect with each other. Because if they're working out alone, they probably feel lonely and would love to like talk about the workout. Cause that's one of the best things about going to a gym is like complaining about the workout before right. and after. <laughs> you know? And then that way we can get to know them too. And it's like a little community for us. And then it just grew from there. And when I found out it was, I was pregnant, it just really grew from there, especially for the females. We're about 70% women at street parking because whether they work or not, women have busy lives. We just try to do everything, everything. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely, I just get bored. I get like program boredom. I don't want to do this <laughs> anymore. Like when I do lifting and stuff. And so like the CrossFit style workouts have been really one of the only things that I've been able to keep doing as much as I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, right? Yeah. Like it sucks. I hate this, but I, I do it. 
but it's one of the only things because it keeps, it's constantly varied. So yes. what do you, and this, I think street parking is a good solution for people who think you have to be fit in order to do CrossFit. Cause I have heard so many times, Oh, when I get fitter, I'll, I'll do that. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I think that like all comes down to, unfortunately, like the way that CrossFit has grown has been through the CrossFit games. And so people see that and they think that's what it is. Right. I was lucky enough to start and I owned a CrossFit gym in Salt Lake City, Utah from 2008 to 2011. And no one knew what CrossFit was back then. So we got people who had, I mean, no one had ever done CrossFit that came into our gym because it wasn't a big thing yet. Like they didn't transfer from another gym or anything. They just came to try it for the first time. Right. And had like this preconceived notion of that they needed to be a certain level of fitness. And so I got to train a lot of people. I mean, everyone that came in was brand new. And then just working on the seminars, there was like 60 people per seminar roughly. And I worked 300 of them. So that's like a lot of different types of people to see and, and get to know and help them figure out how to scale and modify these workouts. I also had a really cool opportunity to work with a guy who was in a wheelchair for three years, I think two or three years. He was paralyzed from the waist down and he wanted to do CrossFit so bad. And I was his personal trainer. And so just all those experiences adding up I think really helped me as a coach to be able to look at a workout and make it possible yeah. for it. And that also includes my, when I broke my neck, how I had to figure out how to do the workouts for me. And then of course, in 2015, I tore my ACL <laughs> and had to scale again. So all of those were just things that led me to learn that you really can modify and make it work for anybody. It's just their willingness to try. Right, man. Adaptive athletes, man, they, I mean, they amaze the shit out of me. I mean, usually they make me look like a loser because I'm like, you're kicking my ass. (laughs) And for him, it was like very, it was an outlet for him because think about it. He was in that chair all the time and he was somebody who was involved in like sports and stuff like that before when he became paralyzed when he was very young, I think like 21 or 22. I think one of the best feelings in workouts like street parking workouts or CrossFit workouts are like, it's almost meditative because it's painful Mm. while you're in it. You can't think about anything else. Right. Afterwards, the endorphins are just so high, but it's hard to get that for somebody who doesn't have use of their lower body at all. Right. So being creative with like the skier and we like taught him how to do like modified burpees and things like that. Like he was sweaty and spent and that was just such a good feeling. And it was like very emotionally and psychologically good for him to be able to feel that again. I mean, almost to feel like alive. And I think there are lots of people who are not paralyzed or have any issues at all that never feel that. So <laughs> completely. I mean, that's what, you know, when I see those type of athletes just killing it and then I'm like, wow, man, any, ex- like if I come up with any excuse, it's just, you know, or when you see other people make excuses and it's like infuriating, like really? Cause look at this over here. Incredible. So did you think, because the community of street parking is insane. Like there's, you have like 15,000 members now. You just hit that recently. It is like, I don't want to say a cult, but (laughs) 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 no, it's not a cult. But people genuinely love it. You know, I posted in my group before this, just like, hey, does anyone have anything they want, you know, me to ask Miranda or, you know, any subjects. And they're just like, just tell her I love her. Like, <laughs> you know, and that like CrossFit change, uh, uh, street parking changed my life and, and all of that. So, and it's really hardcore. I mean, I'm in the group and I, you know, and I see it and, and oh, the yeah. relationships and like the, did you ever, did you think it was going to get like this big 
in that community? Oh, no. Our goal was to have a hundred members just so that we could have like friends to share the workouts with and so that we could help pay our utility bills, to be honest. Like, (laughs) I mean, I had a full-time job working for Progenics, a supplement company, and Julian owned a meal prep company. So we both had jobs. Like it wasn't like, hey, let's start this business and like quit our jobs or anything like that. Get rich Um, quick. (laughs) And what happened was when I went on maternity leave after my first was born, it was street parking had gotten to like, I don't know, like a thousand members or 1500 members or something like that. And it was like, this is obviously something that could be more than we expected. And I just decided not to go back. And then from there it's grown, but no, like the Facebook page is insane. And Mm -hmm. there was a certain point where we were reading these posts and these people saying like, I haven't been this consistent in however long, or I've never done 75 workouts before. And now I just earned my 75 hoodie or whatever. And we're like, oh shoot, like we're responsible for these people now. Like if we go away, like what are they going to (laughs) do? You know, and it's lonely when you work out alone. That's like one of the downsides I would say is that it's like, well, I, I have a hard time motivating to work out because I'm like by myself. So the community has really provided that you don't really like physically, yes, you're alone doing the workout. But if you go Facebook group before or after, you'll see that these thousands of other people also did it. If you post a like picture, a video, like a little sweaty selfie, people are going to tell you good job and things like that. Right. And I've said on other podcasts, like these stay at home moms or these people who are maybe just shy and would never feel comfortable going into like a CrossFit gym or things like that, they're very rarely told good job ever, let alone like by thousands of strangers, you know, like it's a good and important feeling and it shouldn't be reserved for people who are putting up the best scores or how, who have the best physiques or anything like anyone who's overcoming just life and making fitness happen, like deserves to be told good job. So we try to do our best to make sure that they hear that and they all motivate each other so much. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like an insanely supportive community. It's awesome. And, and to have that many people in there though, and to have that still be like the overall theme, because I've seen groups start, you know, very, oh yeah, we love everyone. And then like, you know, when they get start getting 10,000 plus yeah. members, it's like, you can't see all the crazy shit that goes on before you know it. it's out of control, but that's not case in that group. We're very protective of it. And our longtime members are protective too. Like they'll be like, Hey, so-and-so did a post and then someone was like mean to them or whatever. We've like had to message people a few times and be like, Hey, that's just not who we are. It's almost always a new member who just came, maybe came from a group like that, that, you know, or people who've come from CrossFit gyms who were like really weird about like movement standards or things that be like, Oh, no rep. And we're like, that's not really, we don't, we we just do the workout. No, there's no scores here. There's no workout. (laughs) Yeah. And so we have to explain our culture like over and over again, but yeah, it's worth it. I mean, it's so far, I think to keep it how we want it to be. Sure. So you are, you're pregnant with your second child. (laughs) You are married. You have a crazy successful business. You are fit. You know, I mean, you're pregnant and you're still super fit. (laughs) So how do you balance all of that? And it's a question that I honestly, I I hate asking that because I feel like balance is so different for everyone, but that's what all women want to know. They want to know, how do you do it? I can't remember what book or podcast I was listening to recently that said like the number one thing that's wrecking people these days is this idea that balance exists. Mm. 
It doesn't. If you look at your life over the course of your whole life, you hope the goal would be to see balance across it. But like day to day or week to week or month to month, I just not realistic. Right now, I'm spending way more time and I will be even more and more as I get closer to the birth of my baby. And then when he comes, like being a mom, that's where I'm at right now versus a year ago, it was very, I mean, I have another child, so I was still, there was still mom time for sure, but it was like building the business. And three years ago, before my first was born, it was all career and everything, right? And I think it just like comes in waves. I'm constantly like chaotic and stressed out and like late for things. And like, (laughs) and I think people get the perception that these successful people aren't that way. Right. And they, and I just don't think it's true. Everybody has to make choices for where they're going to spend their time and their energy. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to live there forever, but like today, this is how I'm going to spend my day and this is what's going to happen. I think being a mom, I've gotten way better at being okay with letting some things slide where I used to have be like way more controlling and feel like I needed to do everything myself and everything had to be perfect and things like that. And it's just not, I can't, I, like I just had to like let it go at some point and I still have moments like that. But yeah, I think people just need to give themselves a little bit more grace. And that's kind of where the hashtag that I use and actually my podcast more than nothing came from. Mm-hmm is being okay with putting in the effort that you have for that day. So if speaking fitness wise, if five to 10 minutes of burpees and air squats is all you have time for, all you have energy for, all that you can do because you're busy or traveling or whatever, that's enough and you need to be okay with that. And then you'll have a day where you have an hour and you can go do more and you, and so use that use what you have and take it day by day and know that doing something is always better than nothing. And just give yourself a little bit more grace when it comes to that stuff. I love that. I think that's such great advice because I think, I feel like there's a shift going on that I've been seeing where, you know, it used to be like, if you weren't spending two hours in the gym, you were a terrible person. Like, (laughs) you know, like you weren't fit. (laughs) And now it's the shorter workouts, I'm seeing people embrace that a little bit more, I feel like. Yeah. And whether it's like workouts or time with your family or like even like career stuff, one thing that people need to remember is it's not the amount of time. It's like the effort that you put into it. So I could be at work for two hours and 45 minutes of it spent online shopping or scrolling Instagram. And I'm like, oh yeah, I went to work for two hours today. (laughs) Or I could work for 30 minutes from a Starbucks and be like completely zoned in and get the same amount of work done. Like it's not the amount of time. It's what you put into it. And the same is true for your workouts. I could be with my son all day long, again, scrolling Instagram while he's playing and not connect with him at all. Or I could be with him for an hour and really like put everything else to the side and get way more out of that. So I think that people put too much value on how much time they spend and not what they're actually like putting into it. Exactly. Like the quality. Yeah. Sign up. My husband and I will lie in bed and we'll both be on our phone separately and just ignoring each other for like two hours. And then it'll be like, are we going to hang out now? <laughs> I know. Just like showing each other memes. Yeah. Yeah. And like sometimes we need that. You know, sometimes I'm just like, sometimes I can't, <laughs> I can't connect. Yeah. I just need to, I just need to zone out. But I love, I love the more than nothing because it's just so true. It's literally just you're doing something be okay with that. Like 
yesterday I probably spent more time in my car driving from place to place. And it just, you know, it was just one of those days where I'm like, I felt like I wasn't in control of my time. But then this morning I didn't have anything planned for the first few hours. So I had coffee in bed with my husband and it was lovely. And it's, it's like you said, it comes in waves and you're not going to be amazing at everything at all times. You're not going to have time for everything at all times. And it's just kind of like taking what you can get. But I love that you were saying that because there are, I think there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, whether they're Insta famous or they're, you know, it looks like they have it all together and they wouldn't admit that they don't (laughs) have it all together. And then you get people who are watching that and they're like, oh, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Why am I, you know, why don't I, why am I not living that life? Or when it's like, they're not either. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) They're not either. So we like to end on a quote. So if, I mean, we could go with more than nothing or (laughs) I kind of like to, you know, if there's like a quote that you've been feeling lately or just kind of something that you have like as like a life mantra that you live by. Yeah, I think, I think we hit it. The more than nothing thing, like I said recently on the more than nothing podcast that the hashtag is, or the quote is something that I've only been using for maybe like a year or so, Mm -hmm. like officially and put into words. But it really started after that car accident when I was like, I mean, fitness was for sure. I was trying to compete and things like that, but it was also like, it it had become a part of who I was. And so when I was like healing from that injury and there, I was so limited on what I could do. It was so ingrained to me to move and, and to try to figure out a way to exercise that like, I got really creative and I realized like, I can't do what I'm used to. I can't do even close to what I was doing a few weeks ago, but I can do something. And that was me like doing lunges and air squats in the parking lot at the CrossFit headquarters (laughs) office. Like that was like the very first time that I realized like, Hey, like everyone can do something. We can all do something and it's enough. Like doing that for several months kept me pretty fit. Like I was able to maintain way more fitness than if I would have just been like, oh, I can't do what I normally can do. So forget it. Yeah. And then it came with my knee injury and then with my first pregnancy and postpartum. And then, so yeah, you can do something and people need to stop overthinking what they need to be doing. Perfect. Like the perfect program or the hour or the equipment or the, like, this is what this celebrity does or that Fitspo does. And so I have to do exactly that or it's not even worth it. Like just do something, anything. I love it. Yes. Yes. Anything. (laughs) Thank you so much. I am so thrilled that you agreed to do this. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. So many gems, so many gems. And I think our listeners are going to get a ton out of this. So thank you so much for your time today. Well, I'm going to have to check out these clothes. Yes. So where can people find you? If they don't already know, where can people find you, Miranda? Yeah. So my personal Instagram is at fearless Miranda. That's all one word. Um, the street parking Instagram is at street parking. You can also go to streetparking.com. Awesome. Or the more than nothing podcast episodes are on the street parking podcast. So if you search street parking on like Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever, it's uh, it's in there. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so, so much. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Cave. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.